This is Onisan Opa's, a fan podcast where we discuss our favorite things about Korean dramas, especially the leading men of K-dramas, also known as our K-drama boyfriends, also known as Opa's. And we are your metaphorical big sisters, aka Onis. I am Susie. And I am Lynn. And Susie, we are we have a banquet of K-drama <laughs> bounty before us. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, to whom would you like to say for this episode, Jamo Kismida? I want to uh, thank modern technology, specifically the cooling of air. <laughs> <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Because it has been, I don't know about all of y'all, but it's middle of what right now? July? July. And mm-hmm. it is hot it is sweltering it is mm-hmm. so hot outside so humid where we are where i am um and like just stepping outside you immediately start sweating <laughs> it's just yeah. it's gross so i want to thank those who created air conditioning but also the like now very good technology of handheld fans because mm. I purchased one based on somebody's recommendation who I trust would not sell me garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it came and I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was just going to be like, here is battery operated. It's one button and it's, you know, and one and done. No, mm-hmm. it is one of these like contraptions where now you can recharge it with a USB and it has oh, uh-huh. three speeds. Three speeds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is delightful. Yes, it is fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Not your intention, maybe, but I caught it. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, that seems, I'm a little bit ashamed that it wasn't my intention <laughs> now. But So that was very nice to at least walk out and have something to help cool me down. Also, while, you know, viewing any number of Korean dramas inside the house, it, it's not Mm -hmm. fun when it's hot and you're sweating and you don't want to do anything. So yeah, there we go. I mean, that is a good one. That is a good (laughs) one. I'm not sure if this is true, but I read a thing that said we are on track to have like the hottest month on record in human history right now. Mm. I mean, we already have had this month the hottest day in recorded Mm. history on earth. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's real hot lots of places. Yeah. Uh, Well, I also have a very specific thank you. Uh, It's actually to a few parties. So... Earlier this week, I got a message from Nas of the Swoon Diaries podcast, formerly known as the Soul Sisters podcast. Um, And you all, if you have listened to this podcast before, have heard me lament how you can watch dramas at 1.5 speed on some other services, on Netflix and Apple and some other services. But that is not available on Vicky. And so for these older dramas, it can be real painful to slog through all these episodes where, like, nothing happens for a long time. So Nas 
messaged me and said that she had been complaining about the same thing on her podcast. And a listener messaged her and said, oh, there's this browser extension called Global Speed. And you add it to your browser. And as long as it is a content provider that you can access through, you know, through a browser like that, which you can Mm -hmm. with Vicky, Mm -hmm. you can increase the speed up to 2.5 speed Whoa. or 16, but I don't think people can really watch things at 16 <laughs> times speed. So I'm not sure how many browsers it exists for. I know it exists for Chrome and uh, Firefox, which is my preferred browser. Um, and it is my new favorite thing because... Mm-hmm. Let it, I mean, it's like a life changer. I'm yeah. going to have so much less trepidation about jumping into some of those older dramas, knowing right. that I can just like zoom through them. I mean, in case you're wondering, the math on that is that you can watch one hour drama in 24 minutes at mm-hmm. 2.5 speed. Mm-hmm. So I can put up with a lot for 24 minutes that I cannot put up with for 60 minutes. So, <laughs> so thank you to Nas. Thank you to the listener who informed her of this. Mm-hmm. And thank you to the developers of the Global Speed browser extension. You have altered my life for the better. Sarange. <laughs> Uh, so with that in mind of things that we can speed through watching or watch in a leisurely fashion, (laughs) Suze, what have you been watching this week? Um, well, I have really not done much because, uh, honestly work is like so crazy right now. So Mm. I just, the will to jump into anything new, because if you remember last time I was in between things. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just uh, sort of caught up a little bit with King the Land, which is Mm -hmm. continuing to be more delightful with each episode. Like, I am just Mm -hmm. really enjoying how funny it is, how how they interact with each other, you know, and I can, like, very easily ignore things that are, like, implausible (laughs) or should not should not be there or like or just like sort of in the periphery like it's it's fine i'm just there for their relationship and their romance and it's like growing at a good speed and um some fun hijinks has happened that are like not annoying hijinks you know um love her grandma our our favorite <laughs> just love the young her. oak Mm -hmm. so so salty in this one (laughs) she is so salty so delightful Mm. so yeah i'm still enjoying that and i did a little bit of reviewing for today's episode um but that's pretty much all i have really seen in like korea land um Mm -hmm. you know like like i said i just don't have a lot of I just ended up with not a lot of time at night for some reason and Mm. also tired. (laughs) So I would just Mm -hmm. let YouTube VJ for me (laughs) and just let things roll and just like random, you know, videos come on, um, which has been fine while I just like sort of decompress. So anyway, what have you been watching? Well, I have had a much busier week apparently. I mean, this is so atypical that mm-hmm. you have only one show that you have watched. 
Uh, I had a number of things that I watched specifically for today's episode. I finished Padam Padam, which I had been watching, mm-hmm. I, which I will talk about in a little bit. I watched all of Yonder, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Yonder had the distinction question mark of uh, being number 100 on my spreadsheet of K-dramas, but that's with an asterisk because for one thing, I realized that I hadn't put soundtrack number one on there, which I watched like three months ago. Oh no, oh no. So my, uh, my spreadsheet was sort of messed up from that, but also it has a couple of things that like I include there because they go together with my k-drama fascination but they're not technically Mm k-dramas like one of the entries is both of the drama worlds which are not really Mm k-dramas um but are you know k-drama adjacent the one j drama that i watched Mm -hmm. is also on there um also two my two notable dnfs are on there Mm -hmm. the two i will not finish are on there um, so, you know, whether you count those or not. And then things like Bite Sisters. <laughs> it's like, I sort hey, of feel that like... Counts. So I, that counts. I mean, does it, does it, it count? It does It's count. on there. It's count. It, well. Even if it's like two episodes, it counts. It's like... Yeah. It's fine. That counts. It's a story. There's a beginning. Mm. There's an end. It's episodic. It has episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Well, Bite Sisters, I guess, can count, but I'm not sure about, like, Drama World and mm. uh, that J-drama, I don't think should really mm. technically count. So it's all a little nebulous around <laughs> the 100 mark. Uh, but I really don't want Padam Padam to have the, like, distinction of being number 100. <laughs> so I'm just going to stick with Yonder. We'll just say that that's it. Uh, I, as of today, am all caught up on King the Land. Episodes 9 and 10 came out this weekend, and I am completely caught up with it. Um, I completely agree about the delight of their romance. I really like the two leads together. And, uh, you know, I think for the most part, there was even a consent thing, which I was like, delightful. Mm Uh... I have found the hijinks less delightful than you have found. And a lot of the, like, real broad humor stuff just real really doesn't appeal to me. And the, all the whole... Well, you haven't seen... Have you seen the most recent two episodes? Did no. you see this weekend's episodes? Okay. So, yeah, we'll talk about it later. I won't spoil it. There's just some <laughs> stuff that I'm like... That uh, his assistant does that I'm mm. like... Sir, why would you do this? This makes no sense that you would do this, even in the in the circumstances that you're in. And I really don't understand. Like, my main beef with these last two episodes that just came out this weekend is I really don't understand why they're lying to her friends. Like, I, mm. I really don't understand why they're not telling the truth to her friends about who he is Mm -hmm. and why they're not telling her friends the truth about what their relationship is. Mm -hmm. Like to me, other than like for some like childish hijinks, it doesn't make sense. And to me, like these are your best friends. Why are you lying to them? Like Mm -hmm. that to me is a much bigger problem than the like, we need some like goofy humor. Anyway. uh, I mean, I'm certainly still going to watch it, but like, that annoys me. I'm like, <laughs> just show me the parts of the two of them 
being together without all these dumb, should not be <laughs> obstacles in their path. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywho, so I'm up to episode 10 on King the Land. Oh, I wrote this down because I knew I wouldn't remember to mention it, but I thought it was hilarious in this show that has all these like luxury <laughs> brands and stuff mm-hmm. that one of the PPLs is what I call sewing kit cookies, like mm-hmm. butter cookies that come mm-hmm. in a tin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought that that was the strangest PPL. I mean, I guess it makes sense from the standpoint of there's the whole like duty-free thing and Mm -hmm. those butter cookies are available as a duty-free item. That's how they're presented in the show. But Mm -hmm. I just thought the butter cookie, (laughs) sewing cake cookie PPL was real hilarious. Uh, You also watched Island this week, Sue. You didn't mention that. Yes. But we are up to episode, what, eight, eight on now? Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're through episode eight on Island. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed these last two episodes mm-hmm. more than I enjoyed the previous two episodes because we finally got a big info dump in episode <laughs> seven. But, yeah. um, you know, there's still a lot of questions. And then I reviewed... An episode of Bake Spirit on Netflix that, again, we had watched. It's, I mean, got to be around the same time, I think. Mm. It was very, very early on in my mm-hmm. K-drama journey. And it's the episode about Soju. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we had watched it at the time because of interest in Soju. But I rewatched it this time because when we watched it the first time, I did not yet know the special guest of that episode, Han Ji Min. (laughs) And so I wanted to watch it to remember, oh, yes, now we are good friends. I have seen her in so many things. Uh, So I just wanted to remember what she was like. And I just, I still feel like I would want to be friends with her in real life. She just seems Mm -hmm. real great. Mm -hmm. So... I enjoyed that, and that was some more of my prep for getting ready for today's episode about Han Ji Min. So, she's been around for a minute. Yes, Han Ji Min. Been around for a while, so she's done a lot of things. She is a lot of things. A lot of credits. She's done, like, a lot of movies and a lot of dramas, Mm -hmm. so she's done, like, kind of like a good amount of both which is really nice to see because a lot of times i feel like in korea there's like one heavy you know heavy on one side usually Mm -hmm. like if you're like mostly in dramas you'll have like maybe a few movies but Mm -hmm. if you're mostly in movies you only have a few dramas instead of like having a good balance so it's so nice to see that about her credits We are beginning our journey with her with Capital Scandal, circa 2007. Um, I want to say this might be, is it the first thing that I've ever seen her in? Probably. Um, It's real early. But yeah, Han Ji Min, Capital Scandal, uh, this show is... Um, set in the 1930s during um, Japanese colonial rule. And uh, the main story is about the struggle to um, liberate Korea. So there's a group of, you know, a liberation group, and it's sort of the main character's involvement in that. Um, Okay. 
as well as, you know, their own interpersonal connections and stuff like that. Right. So it's actually, like, quite reminiscent to Mr. Sunshine, only mm-hmm. perhaps a less sophisticated version. <laughs> It was 2007. Like, let's, like, cut them some slack. So, really, like, I I read, like, just a few comments to see, like, what people are said about it. Personally, Mm -hmm. I remembered, so I didn't rewatch the whole thing. I just really watched Mm -hmm. the first episode and the last episode, and I sort of read synopses of the other episodes to just jog my memory kind of thing, Mm because I did remember sort of the bulk of what it was about, but not, like, details. Um, mm-hmm. So what I remember is I really enjoyed it. Like I thought it was really good at the mm-hmm. time, and I think I got my mom to watch it, and she also really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and when I was rewatching, I was like, "Well, I could see, yeah, the story does get like really good. It starts kind of like goofy a little bit, mm-hmm. and you know they get into some hijinks, but then like the story then continue continues on in a more serious note of course because of mm-hmm. the themes right um, right but yeah i did remember it was really good but like one commenter was like uh yeah you can tell it's 2007 <laughs> watch it it's like all these older dramas you know they like there are mostly at built sets you know mm-hmm. how like mm-hmm. you have like old soul kind of town Mm -hmm. kind of like right right tinsel town in hollywood you can Mm -hmm. have like here's like old new york you know have like a little lot set kind of thing so it's really that situation um so you can tell they're always like on a set in a set in a Mm -hmm. building when you're outside you're not really outside (laughs) you're like right still in on a sound stage somewhere yeah yeah yeah. so you know stuff like that you're just like wow (laughs) (laughs) old k dramas um, but like I said, the story is like quite good. And I, I think I thought that, um, they did a good job with sort of connecting also the four characters. So it also mm. stars, stars Kang Ji-hwan, Han Go-un, and Ryu Jin. And honestly, this is like, for 2007, like cream of the crop. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. is, I feel like Han Jimin might be sort of like, the like wild card even <laughs> during mm, this time because mm, she's mm, like kind well, of sure. newer um to them and uh yeah because she was he she has only done like three other main roles before and i don't know one might be you know, it's only like three episode drama called wolf mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. anyway so so yeah like the cast is great like Ryu Jin. <laughs> I mean, people, I feel like people don't know Ryujin today. Ryujin was, like, everywhere. I don't even remember. Oh, yeah? He, he was the second lead also in um, Summer Scent that Sonia Jin was oh, in. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was really in all kinds of really good things at, at that yeah. time. And I'm not sure why he's not sort of around co- right now. Mm-hmm. Con- considering, like, for guys, you know, the guys right. usually are around longer than the ladies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. So he was like, you know, late 90s into 2000, I don't know, 2014 ish mm-hmm. was like every year he had a thing. 
Um, mm. And then just lately it's been less so. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, uh, whatever entertainment industry. <laughs> I mean, maybe he just got fed up. He was like, my MDL is long enough. I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> I mean, kudos to him if that is the right? case. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the story starts with Kang Ji-hwan is um, a playboy. He's a rich playboy. Mm. <laughs> like there's a really funny scene at this train station where he came back into town. Like all these women are waiting for him. How they knew he was coming on this specific train. Maybe there's only one train a day. I don't know. Mm. But how they knew he was coming back and he was coming back to town to avoid another relationship with some other lady. <laughs> so it was oh just like a mess. He's a mess. So he's like a ne'er-do-good, rich playboy kind of character when we meet him. And he freelances at a with some buddies of his at this like gossip rag. That's a mm. newspaper gossip rag. So there's also a real funny scene where they like catch this like government official or important man with like some young woman who might or might not be a saying I don't know uh-huh. you know this kind of thing they like ambush him in an alley and like take a picture real quick and like run uh. away it's real funny but so he that's like his like quote unquote job <laughs> like that's yeah. the only like useful not even useful thing he does like with his time and so right. there's clearly like stuff with his family, you know, like his parents are real like disappointed in him and think he's not doing anything, which is not incorrect. And mm. <laughs> <laughs> right, you have a point, yeah. mom and dad. But like when he came back, so because all these ladies are looking for him, he's trying to avoid them. So he's like running towards like the other side of the inside of the train, and he like gets off and tries to like you know, duck around the people around him. And at the same time, Na Yo-kyung, who is Han Ji-min's character, mm-hmm. is there too for some kind of mission. Because she is a very patriotic young lady, a very old mm-hmm. school Joseon girl. She's still wearing a hanbok style dress. Um, when mm-hmm. everyone else is starting to wear Western style dresses now and you know, mm-hmm. Western suits. Um, and she, I, I'm not sure who she is involved with, like some kind of freedom fightery people. Um, mm-hmm. They say, you know, go to the train station. You're going to meet this guy. And here's the passcode. You know, you got to say mm. a thing and they're going to say oh, a right. thing. Okay. And then you're yeah. going to like take his suitcase. Like he's going to let you take his suitcase some oh, kind of right, way. Right, right. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. like stuff that you need to take back. You know, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, guess what happens? <laughs> Here comes mm-hmm. Kanji Wan with a suitcase. And he's mm-hmm. like, he takes Hanji Min and spins her around and puts his hand on her shoulder and goes, let's just walk like this. I'm being chased. Can can you help me out? And she's just like, no. <laughs> but then she thinks, oh, is this the guy? You know. Right. right. And so she's like trying to say the passcode. <laughs> Right, and he is of course not receptive. Like he does not know mm-hmm. what she's talking about. Sure, of but course, eventually, he's not the guy. No, <laughs> no, he's not the 
again. And so, uh, you know, I guess he said something correct enough that she was like, okay. So he then like, once they're like away from all the other ladies on the other side, he, he's like, oh, I gotta like tie my shoes. And he's like saying something to her, like basically picking her up. <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying yeah. to pick her up and mm-hmm. she just like takes a suitcase and like goes away. right right well because as far as she's concerned that's what her mission was that is right mission. i mean she's just yeah. doing what she's told so she leaves and he is like where's my suitcase because there's right. some where's stuff that girl undies. where's my suitcase right <laughs> she just stole my undies she just stole my undies i mean so that is how that is their meet cute i see that is their meet cute. I mean, um, it does sound a lot like Mr. Sunshine, except for that. Like, <laughs> now you know it is not Mr. Sunshine. No, it is not Mr. Sunshine. So, the other two characters is um, Han Go-un's character is uh, Cha Song-ju, who is, she is a very famous Gisang. So, she... Mm. Um, when we meet her first, she is like modeling in Japanese clothing. So she's in kimonos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. she gets paid to, you know, for her photos and this kind of thing. So she's very high profile. Um, and she is friends with, um, uh, what's his name? Kang Ji Hwan's character. His name mm-hmm. is Wan. We call him Wan. And then Ryu Jin's character is Lee Soo Hyun. Uh, I didn't write this down because all their names felt like very similar. <laughs> and mm. I could not, I got confused after mm-hmm. a point. So I will not make you confused as well. So Lee Soo Hyun, <laughs> <laughs> who is, uh, he's a little bit, he's like middle management. Uh, he's Korean, mm. but he works for the Japanese police. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. is, when we meet him, he has just come back from Tokyo um at he is educated there and he's has a rapport with sort of like the police chief in mm-hmm. what was um Gyeongsang but now Seoul mm-hmm. um and so he is appointed to one of the police stations there to like head it with this other guy who is Japanese. So okay. they are in tandem supposed to be like heading this place. And mm-hmm. of course the Japanese guy is unsavory <laughs> and not. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So he is there and he has, he used to be best friends with Kang Ji Huang, um, his character with Juan. Um, mm-hmm. but there's something that happened and they had a falling out and it mm-hmm. has something to do with, um, Juan's brother who is, okay. uh, I think deceased at this point. And then Songju and Suhyun, so Ryujin and Han Go-un's characters mm-hmm. also have a childhood connection. Mm. So they have known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, something happened and he and they had a falling out and did not okay. see each other for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of things to discover, like along mm-hmm. the way, which I thought mm-hmm. was like, 
weaved really well because you like it kept you guessing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when you like finally find out, it's really satisfying. Um, and it's just like a good way to like just sort of connect them. And then um, Han Jimin's character Na Yukyun, she, um, her father was also a freedom fighter type person who oh, uh-huh. uh, died in the cause. And mm. so obviously her mom is like, please don't do this. <laughs> right. Sure. Like, I don't, I don't know if you should do this, but she is, you know, a very determined young lady, you know, she's very patriotic and she wants to like help the country kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is a like sort of bigger, freedom fighting organization that recruits her and okay. then um eventually will recruit Kang Ji Huang. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a mystery about like who is the leader of this thing. And mm. throughout the drama, like one of the recurring themes is like that organization will like send this sort of like threat letter to an individual and basically they're gonna kill him. Oh. Kill them. So it's like okay. a death letter, you know. So they have mm-hmm. like a list of people that they are targeting, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of like the broad strokes of yeah. what happens here. And you know, it's it do, though it does start with like sort of a goofy manner. It does like get serious real quick, and mm-hmm. you know, it is not warm and fuzzy at the end. <laughs> mm. well. Not. Not very much. Like it's more yeah. than maybe Mr. Sunshine. It's not. It's not hard <laughs> to be more warm and fuzzy than Mr. Right. Sunshine. That's yeah. Um, that's so a there's low more bar for warm and fuzzy. <laughs> there's more of a happy ending for it. Mm-hmm, yes, I'm mm-hmm. just spoiling all the things. I'm so sorry, you guys. But unless you have cocoa, you cannot watch this show right now. Um, yeah, so, you know, there is still, like, at least, like, a, like a karmic good ending at the end, mm-hmm, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, but it is not without its, like, sad points, of course, because, you know, sure. it is a freedom-fighting situation. Some people go and mm-hmm. die. I mean, mm-hmm. that is Well, just... it's about a real dark part of history. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it should not be a spoiler that, like, bad things are going to happen to our characters during the... Mm-hmm. Japanese colonial period, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. So I thought it was really good at portraying like all the different sort of characters that might emerge in such a time. Like, you know, you have mm, the person mm. like the straight up like we're going to defend our country people, right? They're yeah. going to be people who are like we're going to side with the Japanese because it's easier and it's safer. Or mm-hmm. the people who are just out for money. You know, so whoever right. can like pay them the most, they will work with kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the people who are like just like in between, just trying to live, you know, right. a life and like, you know, don't care about like either. And then, right. you know, they're not throughout patriotic. The show, they're just trying to survive. Yeah. And then throughout the show, you know, their like life changes because of like all mm. kinds of different stuff. So, mm-hmm. That is um, what it is. Like, if you can find it, if you do have cocoa, I do recommend it because I think it's it's still pretty good. However, mm-hmm. the fashions. <laughs> uh, 
So I don't know. Like, I'm not a fashion expert, right? Like, I'm not a fashion historian. So I'm not sure if it was just, like, a struggle to find sort of, like, more authentic-looking things. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if people were just like, this is our idea of the 30s. In general, Mm. I feel like the ladies fare much better than the men. Um, Okay. There's just interesting colors. (laughs) And patterns in the men's fashion that i found like is there really that much pink in in the 30s in korea like right really so there's like an interesting just color palette that's happening there but like again i don't know why people struggle with hats so much i just (laughs) (laughs) i just find it I don't know. I'm sure it's just it's whatever just they can find. People. It's a hat, mm. you know. But at some point, they were trying to... I think they were trying to find some hats for people in a crowd, you know, for extras. And they were just like, oh. hey, folks, just wear this. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was okay. like, okay, fine. It's the end of the show. And you're like, don't want to spend more money right. on whatever. Right. I just, it's, it's just interesting to me and it feels, it makes it feel dated as well. You know, when you see yeah, yeah, this sure. kind of like quality of thing in like, right. you know, these things are also not meant for HD. Boy. That's what I was thinking of too. <laughs> like know? they, they never thought you were going to be able to see the background performers in that much detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they couldn't in 2007, they were a blur. They were a blur. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know, if you can find it, I would recommend it to check it out. You know, performances are very good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the arc of the story is really good. Like I said, if you can find it, Cocoa, mm-hmm. if you have Cocoa, mm-hmm. there, it is mm-hmm. definitely there. Um, so, yeah, so that was Capital Scandal. Capital Scandal. I mean, it does sound interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's interesting enough for me to subscribe to Cocoa, but. Mm-hmm. It does, I mean, it does sound interesting. The premise of our next show is also potentially interesting sounding. <laughs> Certainly, the title is interesting sounding. Padam Padam from 2011, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm just going to tell you right now, the title is never explained. There's never any reference to it. Like, if you if you know, you know, it is the title of an Edith Piaf song, like the French singer. And it's the it's meant to be like onomatopoeia, like the sound of a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, a, about lovers and their heart racing. Mm-hmm. And there is a reference at one point in the drama to like, you know, the way when I'm with you, it makes my heart be a certain way or mm-hmm. I don't even remember exactly what it mm-hmm. was and I was like oh maybe they're finally gonna mention nope at no point <laughs> is there any mention of the title so I don't know make of that what you will in any case from 2011 uh Padam Padam it is the story of Yang Kang Chil who is played by Jung Woo Sung mm-hmm. a man falsely accused of murder who spent 16 years in prison he fills out his whole prison sentence and then is framed for a second crime so he can stay in a little bit longer. They like let him go after 12 years for good behavior. And then like he gets framed 
for another thing. And so he's back in there for four more years. It's weird. Anyway, uh, the very first shot, the opening shot of the show is him getting hanged, which was real shocking to me because on Vicky, it says it is a romantic comedy. <laughs> So I thought I was getting into a romantic comedy and I was like, wow, well, this doesn't seem like a romantic comedy where the lead character is getting hanged in the first scene. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I love Vicky, but they are just wrong. (laughs) I mean, this show is is nothing but a melodrama, not taking anything away from it. But like, it's not that funny. I mean, I guess some parts of it could be considered romantic, but it is so far from being a rom-com. It is just a straight-up melodrama, and that is what it should say when you find it on Vicky. So my favorite part about this show was the second male lead, who is Kim Baum, who I'd not met before mm. in any dramas. He plays Kang Chil's bestie and prison bestie. They're in, in the big house together. And his character's name is Cook Sue, <laughs> a.k.a. Noodles, which nobody ever makes any reference to. <laughs> like they, <laughs> I found that so strange that no one ever noticed, like, or no one ever mentioned the fact that his name is Noodles, because I just thought that was real funny that his name was Noodles, but... I mean, his character is sort of wacky and hard to understand. Like, from the beginning, he's saying that he's turning into an angel. And then, spoiler alert, like, he literally grows wings. Like, they're not imaginary. Like, literally grows wings with feathers that sort of come and go. And the whole mechanism of that is not ever made clear and like exactly what forces are at work or what is causing these transformations like none of that is ever really made clear which as a viewer I found frustrating Mm -hmm. because it was like okay I'm I am ready to get on board with the world that you're creating Mm -hmm. but there's so much that is unclear and you're going to give one of the main characters like angel wings and the ability to fly but then you're not ever going to explain like what he did to you know I mean he keeps a journal with like black stars and white stars of like bad deeds and good deeds but it's I don't it was all very vague Mm -hmm. to me like exactly what was at work um, and what sort of strings were being pulled as far as like justice and fate and things like that so our main character Like I say, I mean, it's not a spoiler because it's literally the first thing you see is him getting hanged. But then he keeps like dying and then coming back. Mm -hmm. It's like Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. Like he keeps waking up at a point in the past and like having to redo these scenes until he gets it quote unquote right. Um, Again, like exactly what that mechanism is, is also kind of confusing and vague, but... Uh, that's how he ends up being the lead in the show and not just, you know, dead from the beginning. (laughs) Um, And that happens a couple of times. Like, there are several miracles, quote unquote, like that, that happen over the course of the show. I will eventually talk about Hanji Men, but first I have to get all my thoughts out about this show. (laughs) Uh, I mean, like I said, they didn't explain 
the actual title, but I felt like the title could be People Who Shout a Lot Yet Do Not Use Their Words. <laughs> because everyone in this show, I mean, except for there's one character who's a DA who's like the only, well, yeah. He's like the only grown-up character. He's barely in it, but he was the only character that I could think of that I never yelled at during the whole show because I was just so frustrated by how much this show relied on, like, people just not saying what was going on with them. So it's just, you know, and then they, like, go off in a huff and make some real poor decisions, and it's like, what is even going on right now? Like, just say what is going on. So I did a lot of yelling at this show. Um, even, it saddens me to say, at Hanji Min's character, who is Jung Jina. She's a veterinarian. Um, there's some real cute animals in this show. There's a real <laughs> cute pupper who's in it, although he sort of kind of comes and goes, which is weird because there are times when I'm like, where's Tangy? Shouldn't Tangy be around? <laughs> But he wasn't around, so I don't know where he was during those parts. But anyway, um, there's some real cute animals. She's not only like a, a doctor of domestic animals, but she takes it upon herself to take care of wild animals, which like freeing them from traps. Mm -hmm. Like at one point, there's a there's a fawn that gets caught in like a leg trap, the kind that looks like a mouth with sharp mm -hmm. teeth. And she, you know, gets it out. But, like, she's also going out all the time to feed all these wild, wild animals. And I'm like, that doesn't seem, like, very good. Like, that doesn't seem like something that people who know about wild animals would recommend, in my view. Yeah. And it seems like a veterinarian would know better. <laughs> but also, the people in this show, like, do whatever with no logic. So, okay. So she starts out, uh, I was real annoyed with her at the beginning because she has this real codependent relationship with an ex-boyfriend who they're not together, but she's still like in love with him. And he's just like garbage, like cheated on her. And, but yet, she still calls him Opa and like he takes her places all the time. And I'm like, what is happening here with this whole situation? <laughs> and they work together. He's also a vet. Um, so she's got that going on. And then her father is also real problematic. He is a police detective, but he's always like using his position to like abuse other people. He beats up people all the time. He abused Jinnah's mother when she was alive like he verbally abused both of them like he's not a good guy and she just you know sort of goes along with all of it at the beginning I mean she does experience some growth um, but also she's just so prejudiced against as most of the characters in the show are I mean it's just sort of taken for granted that ex-cons anybody who's spent time in prison is just not worth anything mm -hmm. you know they're they're just like at the lowest 
point. They won't be able to get a job. They're just, their lives are not really worth anything. And uh, she's, you know, pretty much on board with that at the beginning. But then she ends up falling for Kong Chill, which is, you know, it's fine. Like exactly what their romance is predicated on was a little vague to me. Like how how did they start liking each other other than just like they saw each other and decided that they liked each other? I don't know. Anywho, despite all of that, I wanted to know what happened in the story. And that, I think that's part of the reason why it made me so frustrated. Because I was like, these dumb obstacles that you're putting up that should not be things. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like the obstacle to their relationship when it's like all this took was like one sentence to resolve this misunderstanding. <laughs> like you just had to say one sentence instead of sitting there like looking at each other and then one of you storms out. You know, that I found really frustrating because I did want to know what was going on. I mean, I did want to understand better the sort of supernatural element and exactly like what was going on, like what the greater plan was. Um, And that was a little bit frustrating that I felt like that was never really well explained, like exactly what the grand plan was. And then the ending was real womp womp to me Mm. like the the ending was a real Mm anticlimax to me um because it sort of built you up with these expectations and then you know these miracles have happened earlier and stuff and then it just sort of like fades out at the end Mm -hmm. and in a show that is a you know straight up melodrama where all these like really dramatic things happen to have it just be like fade to black at the Mm -hmm. end felt tonally strange and sort of unsatisfying after this very dramatic journey. So, uh, I mean, I do not regret watching it. There were things that I really enjoyed about it. Like I said, I especially really enjoyed Kim Baum and it made me really want to go seek out more, more things that he's been in. He was very delightful. Um, I think Hanji Min is fine in it. Like she does everything that is asked of that character I think she she fulfills the role well. It's just like there are problems with the role and there are problems with this drama. So it's hard for me to be like, she's great. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, she is 100% everything that she needs to be in this role. Um, It's just a little, you know, a little painful for me because I love her so much. And I think she's ordinarily so extraordinary in everything that she does. You know, she adds so much to all the all the other things that I've seen her in just, you know, this one wasn't my favorite. Yeah. uh, I have seen this a long time ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at my rating of it on my drama list and I gave it a seven, which is sort of like Mm -hmm. my rating for things that are like, okay. You know, like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I did not hate it. No, I did not love mm-hmm. it. It's not exactly in the middle. Mm-hmm. There's like more things that I liked about it, but it's definitely not great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't remember like a ton of detail either. Um, mm. But it is like all over the place, this show. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. I'm, still, 100%. I'm still baffled that Vicky would even put the like romantic comedy you know tag on it at all yeah what (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, I, I think I agree with like how it really sets you up for like exciting expectations because of, mm. you know, he has to like keep redoing something in order to like get right. out of that cycle and not die. Right. Um, but right. yeah, I think the ending is then was like, really? <laughs> That's it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is that it? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a real sort of like mid kind of like it had potential, but it did not succeed, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it could have done yeah. a lot. It of was things, all over the place. It was uneven at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree. I was real. So I watched the last episode or part of the last two episodes, I was able to watch with the global speed because yeah. that was after Nas had told me about it. And I was real sad that I had not had it the rest of the time because I would have done a lot less yelling if I could have watched it two and a half times faster. Yeah. <laughs> and things did not happen that quickly. Like I easily could have yeah. taken, <laughs> taken time. Yeah, there were a lot of things that it set up that were also sort of unsatisfying mm. like the the bad guy the one who set mm-hmm. Kong Chil up at the beginning like his reckoning at the end is very womp womp like there's no you know there's no satisfying mm. like really seeing him get his just desserts after all the misery that he's mm-hmm. caused for 16 plus years right. um I mean he's sort of an anemic villain anyway like it's, yeah, he's not a great character. Um, not not a like not a great written character. Like he's just a lot of like walking around sulking. Um, anyway, so yeah, I I don't regret having watched it. I'm glad I watched it, but I can't really recommend it when there are so many good things to watch. And I certainly will not be rewatching it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who else in the future. I guess in the future we might do an episode on Kim Bomb, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I could rewatch it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you need to rewatch it. You just need to re-listen to this no. episode and oh, that's re-say true. <laughs> what you just said and add some yeah. Kim Bomb stuff. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just direct, I'll have much more to say. Just about direct people things. to this episode. <laughs> yes, exactly. So those are my thoughts on Padam Padam. Do with them as you will. Yeah. Well, next we have another pivot in genre, <laughs> and this one is Cain and Abel, circa two thousand nine. Um, mm-hmm. and this, my friends, is straight up old school Makjang. Whoa. Mm. Very dramatic, very soapy. So many things happen. I don't know if I can like get through all of it, but I will give you a taste. Mm. I'll give you a taste. So Cain and Abel is a story about two brothers at odds with each other. Let Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, really? Hey, at least the title has meaning, That's <laughs> true. It's true. Meaning. At least you can, like, garner directly what it might be about. And you would be correct. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I should not assume that everyone was raised in the biblical 
uh, tradition or have heard of this story in particular, but it is a story in the Bible about two brothers who one kills the other for not good reasons. Spoiler alert. Yeah, just spoiler alert. (laughs) It's in Genesis if you want to read it. I know, it's like the real beginning, like so early in the Bible. Yeah, it's real, real, yeah, it's like chapter three of Genesis or something, it's real early. So, it's a family of doctors, so it's in the medical world. We are in the medical world. Okay. Their family owns the hospital, I think. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And here's where I'm like, I just don't, either I don't know how things work, or this is now how things work. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so there are a board of directors, right, that still have to control mm-hmm. certain things about, like, you can't just be like, I personally own this hospital, so I get to decide <laughs> I get to decide everything, everything. Mm-hmm. you know, no. So there is board of directors um, in charge, and then the the father is in a sort of vegetative state. He had oh. a like brain aneurysm or something. Um, and mm-hmm. so he is alive, but unresponsive. Okay. Um, and at this point, I think in the beginning, he was not really awake. Um, but he does okay. wake up later, but still like can't talk and can't whatever, but he can blink. Gotcha. He can blink. <laughs> like, <Okay>. really? <laughs> Usually an important uh, uh, ability when you're, you know, mm. unresponsive verbally. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he, so the their mother is now like sort of in charge, in charge. Now mother gotcha. is our friend Kim Hasek, who at this point when I saw this show... I don't think I've seen in a villain role. <laughs> She's always been the nice I mean, mom or nice grandma mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I have not yet seen um, certain shows where she is then, you know, doing something that's mm-hmm. not quite kosher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she is mm-hmm. straight up like Mokjung, evil mother, evil yeah. person in here. And the thing mm-hmm. that makes the two brothers at odd is the younger brother apparently got a lot of love from their father. And okay. he is not their mother's son. Okay. So their father took him and adopted him. The mother thinks that it's a product of an affair. When mm-hmm. the dad's like, no, it's not. So we don't know who his parents are. I, fa- I just found this orphan, this random yes. orphan and adopted him. <laughs> That's real plausible, yeah. Dad. No, no, no. It's not random. It is like a couple who also worked at that hospital. So they're friends. So they two couples are friends. Oh, okay. So the okay. one couple mm-hmm. uh, died in an accident and their son is left orphaned. So gotcha. took him. But the mom still thinks that because of how much he loves this boy almost seemingly mm-hmm. more okay. than his own son that it's product mm-hmm. of an affair gotcha so there is that right and then mm-hmm. like as we go along you know the older brother is just like jealous of this and that of his younger brother but the younger brother idolizes his older brother 
So older brother mm-hmm. is um, played by Shin Chun Jun, and then younger brother is played by Soji Sup. And mm-hmm. they also grow up with a girl. Her name is uh, Kim Soyeon, and she is played by Che Jung An. Okay, so at some point, older brother goes abroad to go to school. Okay, I think John Hopkins. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they they love to they, name drop John Hopkins. Do. I have noticed. They do. Yeah, I wonder. If, they know it's such a good medical school. I wonder if they just like have a contract, you know, like a K drama contract. Like you can just use our name. It's fine. We are, you know, as long as it's in a positive light. <laughs> <laughs> that's true does that count as ppl, PPL? i never thought of yeah. that at all it's always harvard or hopkins yeah. it seems yeah like. um so he goes away to school you know and then at some point while he is out there he break. so he starts dating the girl before he goes to school mm-hmm. so they've been a couple so he goes away and then mm-hmm. at one point he's like uh, let's break up, you know, I'm busy or whatever, you know, we're done. And then he like mm-hmm. goes off the grid, like no response. Nobody can get in touch what? with him. He's not answering any letters, any phone calls, just nobody knows where he is. Mm-hmm. So she's like, excuse me. Right. And this is like years, right? And I forget like how mm-hmm. many years, but then he shows back up. He's coming home. Okay. And I'm not clear that he had um, any contact with his family. I want. I mean, mm-hmm. surely, surely, <laughs> right? Sure. But, Over all these yeah. years, but I I'm not clear. So he suddenly is coming back, and on his way back on the plane, somebody has a cardiac arrest and mm-hmm. he has to perform surgery. So he on the plane? On the plane. And <laughs> I mean you did say it was Makja. It's Makja, right. <laughs> so he saves this person's life. It's sure. like highly publicized because of course he's part of this very famous conglomerate hospital family. Right. And here is like the prodigal son is coming home. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing, mixing mm-hmm. biblical metaphors here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they are both, they both grow up to become surgeons. So they're both surgeons. Okay. And there's a mild mm-hmm. rivalry going on. You know, it's kind of like, not can I do it better, but is your way going to be the best way? You know, there's a mm-hmm. little bit like questioning some things. Um, mm-hmm. going on but like the younger brother was so happy to see him when he came home and um the older brother is not letting on that he hates his brother <laughs> he just he's not um mm-hmm. and then he comes home and trying to like basically pick up where i left off with my girl she what? surely she's gonna be so happy to see me oh my goodness okay what on earth and then the girl is a singer songwriter so she's having this concert so mm-hmm. he's has his flowers he's gonna come to the concert and then sir <laughs> yes sir exactly 
And then she is, um, so like during the concert, she's like, okay, here's a song that really means a lot to me. And I like dedicated to this man who has like been by my side and has helped me. And, you know, um, I want to say yes to his question. And it is, of course, for the younger brother who now has mm-hmm. fallen in love with her and asked her mm-hmm. to be his girlfriend. And so she said yes while he, older brother, is standing there with his stupid flowers at the entrance of the concert hall going, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sir. Oh. So, yeah. So this is a taste. This is a taste. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, his resentment, like, builds and builds with every single thing that happens, right? So, like, you took my life, you took my dad, you took my girl, you know, like, I, I hate you. I hate you, right? He so, sounds like a real piece of work. A real piece of work. So, the main conflict in this show is they're about to build another wing, okay, in the hospital. Okay. And the people who support the older brother and the mother wants okay. to build a neurosurgeon wing. Uh-huh. People who support the younger brother and what they say what the dad wanted before he went right. vegetable. Right. Is right. a new emergency, like a more and much improved emergency department. So right. there is a mm-hmm. battle between the board of directors trying to get votes on what this is. And so mm-hmm. both brothers are voting people. And so mm-hmm. one of the ways they can guarantee they have less votes is to get rid of the little brother. So little what? brother goes to, yeah. So little brother goes to China for a conference. Mm-hmm. And a demonstration thing, because he's actually, like, quite famous as well. Like, they're like, oh, can you demonstrate, like, this technique or whatever Mm -hmm. and this thing? So he goes there, and, of course, people are following him, trying to find an opportunity to get rid of him. And these people hired Han Ji-min's character, Oh Young-ji, who is Mm -hmm. a tour guide. She's a tour guide. And they're Uh like, listen, this guy's a real unsavory kind of dude. He's like a swindler and all this stuff. So we need you to like lure him somewhere as the tour guide and like Mm -hmm. take his passport or something like that. Like, you know, make sure he can't get out of the country. (laughs) So she's like believing whatever they're saying. (laughs) Okay, professional killers. That sounds plausible. (laughs) So she does, but she then figures out that he's not what they say he is. And so she's really right. regretful. And so he makes sure like he he doesn't get into their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and she almost succeeds, but then they still catch him and like uh-huh. maim him. But he's not killed, of course. But mm-hmm. then. Well, sure. Amnesia. <laughs> well, come on. It's my favorite thing, retelling Mokjung stories. I love it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Amnesia. So he does not remember who he is when he wakes up from it's a shooting in the desert. Gobi Desert, I assume. Uh, It's China. Yeah. Presumably. Presumably. You know. And so the leader of this like North Korean spy mercenary group 
I'm uh-huh. unsure. They are North Korea of origin for sure, but I I think they do work for the government of some sort, but they're like black ops or something. Okay. They find him mm-hmm. and he doesn't remember who he is. So mm-hmm. they just adopt him. And the leader guy sure. was like, "Here, you can be my cousin. This is your name now." Which is a different name. Okay. Okay. So they go on. I mean, like, he doesn't know his real name, so no, yeah. Like, so they need to give him a name. So he was like, "Listen, sure. just be my cousin, and it'll be okay." Okay. So let's cut to Han Jimin. Let's talk about Han Jimin for a minute. Mm-hmm. So she is Oyoungji, and she is from North Korea, but mm-hmm. she is in China when we meet her. Right. And she is there to uh, raise money in hopes of making passports for her uh family so they can go to south korea so they are they want to run away and defect um her parents are like kind of uh a little bit higher ups in in north korea and then her brother Mm -hmm. is somebody in the military and it turns out her brother is the head of the black ops people so that's her brother gotcha so she is like working with like the real unsavory people to get like fake passports and you know she does like mm-hmm. little errands for them that you know are not too dangerous but like obviously like kind of illegal or whatever. Mhm. You know via her tourist uh, business kind of thing. Mhm. You know so she's like a real like resilient person, you know she's very independent and she's like very determined to like make this happen and it's a promise that you know she and her brother had made like we'll meet in south korea you know kind of thing Mm -hmm. so the north korean group had to do a mission and they were ambushed by like Mm -hmm. some south korean authorities and they got brought to south korea they got caught Mm -hmm. and they were brought over there to be like interrogated and you know seeing like what they know kind of thing mm-hmm. but that in that whole process there it's like sort of like a multi-episode thing where this whole thing happened um but in that process her brother dies and uh soji sub gets taken so nobody can like vouch for him so nobody like mm-hmm. knows who he is and he of course is like still like i don't know who i am but then he so right. he just assumes that identity and mm-hmm. then at this point, Han Jimin has come to South Korea. Okay. She has come to South Korea and is being like naturalized. So she's going through like the whole process of... What? Oh, yeah. Once you come... <laughs> so so you can't go into like basically an education camp, you know, mm-hmm. when, if you're from North Korea to be like, right. okay, so this is how things work here. And making sure they're healthy and like finding them housing and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it, it takes like a little bit for them before they get released into society. And of course, making sure they're not a spy. Um, right. Sort of thing. So she's she's there and she is on paper his only family. <laughs> oh, right. You know, he has a picture of her with her brother because her brother mm-hmm. is like, go find her. Right. She is your, you know. Mm-hmm. And then so she meets with him and he she's like, you're the doctor <laughs> that I saved before. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And then she's like too in shock about her brother's death and devastated and stuff. But then that's how they meet up again. Mm-hmm. And things move on from there. And wow, that's only like, I don't know, the first five episodes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so many things happen. And it's just, uh, I mean, if you want a bonkers journey, this is delightful. I mean, it is, yeah. it, it has everything you want. You know, it has the amnesia, it's not the attempted murders, it has the revenge, it has the like, oh, I know who you are, but I'm not going to tell you who you are because I want to keep you by my side. It's the, <laughs> it's the, oh, I used to be in love with you, but now I'm in love with your brother, but then your brother now is presumed dead. And you're trying to get back with me. I don't know. I don't think so. But then we find out the reason you like went off the grid is you had a brain tumor. What is with people with that? <laughs> I have a terrible illness. So I'm just going to not talk to you for years and years and years. <laughs> Who says that? Listeners, I'm sorry this is real messy, but this is what it is. <laughs> it is mm-hmm. just, it's so hard to like distill it because so many things mm-hmm. happened and they're like intertwined with right. each other part. So yeah, basically he had like a good reason, but he should not have gone off the grid. Like he was real sick and he didn't know if he was going to be like alive by the end of whatever procedure. And it turns right. out anyway that he was still affected by it even though they had uh, surgery on him so it's sometimes he has the tremors and when you're a surgeon Mm. and you got the tremors that's not good not great right Mm -mm. so there is that piece and then like she finds out and she feels bad and (laughs) so anyway Han Jimin and Soji Sub eventually starts falling in love with each other as well um, but then there's like the whole messiness with his other girlfriend that doesn't know she right. <laughs> he was alive for a long time. Right. Right. Um, until he came back and he regained his memory before he told people that he regained his memory. So he sure did a bunch of stuff covertly, basically, mm. to just set some things up. It was, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> so. I would just say, like, the ending is good, and there's, like, karmic endings, which mm-hmm. I also enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's just sort of, like, sad, because you could have been, like, a nice, happy family, but you're so messy with your pettiness and your mm-hmm. jealousy that it could not be that way, and then, like, you attempted murder, so whatever. Right? <laughs> like, that is... What? <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So, you know, Han Jimin, of course, delivers as always. You know, she's quite mm-hmm. good in here, I thought. She's very compelling. But it's also like one of these roles that is like, um, I mean, you've seen her before. You know, she can be from mm-hmm, North Korea. Mm-hmm. She could be just like any old poor person. You know, mm-hmm. Wan has done a bunch of these. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was thinking of that when yeah. you were talking about it. I was like, this mm-hmm. sounds like a role that Haji Wan would do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it, it it is a type. It is mm-hmm. a type. But I thought she was, she did a real good job. I mean, acting wise, it's 
also like kind of cream of the crop as well here mm-hmm. like during that time Soji Sup and Shin Hyunjin so famous mm-hmm. um Chae has been in like quite a few things and she is you know our second lead in Coffee Prince um Mm-hmm. So I like her a lot, but she did not have like too much to do here. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, she was fine. Um, but hey, you know, if you enjoy a messy Makjong story, mm-hmm. I mean, I would recommend it. It's like maybe one of the better ones in terms of like satisfying craziness. There's yeah. so much that happens yeah. in this show that is bonkers. Um you know, you have the, like, illness, you have the amnesia, you have the people that are presumed dead but not dead, you know, twisting, you know, family mm-hmm. relationships and love relationships. It has it all. So, but if you don't like this sort of thing, do not watch it. <laughs> just pass. Mm-hmm. You'll just yell at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not your cup of tea for fun. No. Like, I... Yeah. I enjoying it is maybe not the word but i did mm. like enjoy the ride a bit just because it was like nostalgic because i i did watch this mm. like not too long long ago um mm-hmm. certainly not when it was airing so it was like mm-hmm. within the last year or so i think mm-hmm. um is when i watched this so it just felt nostalgic and familiar and i kind of mm-hmm. like i kind of miss this kind of crazy ride even though mm-hmm. I think they still exist, so I can find it if I wanted to. (laughs) But, yeah. Cain and Abel. It is what Mm -hmm. is advertised in the title. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that really, it sounds on brand for you're going to call your drama Cain and Abel. I (laughs) mean, they they stuck the landing there, unlike a lot of other dramas. Well, next on our list, we're going to vault forward in time to 2015. <laughs> We've already talked about it in two previous episodes about Hyun Bin and Hye Ri. It's Hyde Jekyll Me. And Hanji Min stars as Jung Hana. She's number one in our hearts. <laughs> if you know Korean numbers, you get how hilarious that is. Uh, so I'm not going to talk about it a lot because, like I said, we've already talked about it twice. But if you haven't listened to either of those episodes, you should go back and do so. Mm-hmm. But not right now. I'll go ahead and tell you that Hyunbin plays two roles as Sojin and Robin, who is his alter ego. And he is a person who has dissociative identity disorder. So when we first meet Hana. She's at the airport, having just returned to Korea, and the first thing we see her do is ride along this moving walkway next to this little girl, and she's doing, like, sleight-of-hand tricks. She's, like, making a coin, you know, pulling a coin from behind the little girl's ear and all the things, which is a great introduction 
to this character because she's very lighthearted generally. She's very playful, um, you know, and she wants to make people happy because she's from a circus family and that's what she wants to do is entertain people and make them laugh. And then she meets Sojin who has no sense of humor. So they do not seem destined to hit it off. Uh, and then she gets there and she finds out that Sojin not only has no sense of humor, but he actually wants to close the circus yeah. because it's not profitable and he thinks it's, you know, an embarrassment and whatever, and he just doesn't care. And she is not going to take no for an answer that easily. And she's real tenacious and it's pretty hilarious. I mean, to the point of like, she's trying to track him down and he goes into this building, which she doesn't have access to. And so she zip lines into the building as you do. Uh, and then she gets embroiled in the plot of the show. But those those details of like the magic tricks, the sleight of hand tricks and the zip line sort of tells you a lot about Hana's character, I think. You know, she's she's pretty fearless. She's pretty tenacious. Uh, she's very warm hearted, but she's also tough. Um, I mean, the, the first thing that I remembered, I didn't remember about the sleight of hand until I was rewatching it this week. But the first image that I remember of her in the series is her diffusing a situation <laughs> with a gorilla <laughs> that yes. has gotten out of its cage. It is wreaking havoc on the amusement park. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just funny, especially having just watched her in Padam Padam as the vet. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in in a lot of her series, she has interactions with animals and she's always like really sweet. Like, I think she is clearly a person in real life who really loves animals. Mm -hmm. And it's just real funny that she like diffuses the situation with this big gorilla. Also, I think... The, I mean, this is 2015. It's not like that long ago. It's eight years ago. But like the CGI is quite good. Mm -hmm. Like the effects for the gorilla are quite good. Mm -hmm. I was thinking as I rewatched it this week. Um, so, I mean, this show is the human show. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's, it is largely an acting tour de force for human in this dual role. Mm -hmm. Um, and Hana is mostly there to sort of support the two storylines. She doesn't have so much of an arc of her own in the story, but she grows in relationship with the the two characters, with Robin and Sojin, and goes on a journey with that. And I just find she's like one of my favorite characters. Hana is one of my favorite characters in K-Drama Dim, I think. She's really kind and lovely but also, like, doesn't back down and, uh, you know, is is just such a delight to watch. And I, I really enjoy her so much in this drama. And I really like this drama. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend this drama. I mean, there are definitely, I have some notes. I think the whole storyline with the, like, cousin who's always trying to get <laughs> Sojin's place... Like, that goes into some crazy things that are like, is this really necessary? But um, for the most part, I, I really love that drama, and I highly recommend it. And one of the reasons for that is Hanji Min, because she's so delightful in it. 
Yeah. I, um, I do also recommend it. You know, I, uh, I also watched this like quite a long time ago. Um, but it's still like, I remembered how I started in the middle <laughs> because I was visiting my mm. parents in Indonesia and my mom was watching it on a K-drama channel. And I was like, what mm-hmm. is going on? But this is so interesting. And so when mm-hmm. I came back to the States, I was like, where is it? I want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. And it is like the Hyun Bin show. And he is so, so good at it. And he is. Um, It's just so compelling. This, you know, I really love this theme of like, what is identity, right? Like, what is your mm-hmm, identity? Mm-hmm. What is what is that hinged on? Um, and also just what makes you exist right like that's mm, mm-hmm. these things you know when you have to like reconcile personalities that are like within you i don't know it's just such a good like question to ask and i thought it addressed it in such a like compassionate way um mm-hmm. and like you know like a real way you know like it's not it's really not easy it's not easy mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a good and Han Jimin is also just like so so good in it. <laughs> she's yeah, I mean she's always yeah. good, but she's like this is a meaty role for her. I feel like it's like mm-hmm. really allowed her to do so much. Yeah, and there's a lot of subtlety in this, mm-hmm. you know, in this show as well as she's interacting with these two. You know, two characters both played by Hume Bin, but who feel to the audience, or at least to me very distinct Mm -hmm. you know i mean Mm -hmm. there are times when like i even forget that it's the same (laughs) you know the same person because they're just so different from each other um you know and she really has has a lot of complicated things that she's going through as a result of this whole situation and she just portrays that really really beautifully Mm -hmm. so love her also sung june is in it (laughs) Your other I opa. love him. My other Opa. I do. I do love it. And this was the first thing that I ever saw him in. So, in fact, I think it was the first thing I ever saw Hanji Min in. Can that be right? That can't be right. Did you watch this before Familiar Wife? I did. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that it is. is. Probably. Yeah. Correct. I think this yeah. is the, the first thing. Well, I had seen her in that short film on YouTube mm-hmm. with uh, Park Young Shik. Yeah. But. That doesn't really count. And I had seen her in Big Spirit. Next, we again jump to 2018 with Familiar Wife. We've talked a little bit about this in our catch-ups. Because I recently finished this and Lynn previously had finished this yeah we both have watched mm-hmm. this since we've been recording the podcast mm-hmm. so you've heard us talk you've about heard it. us talk about it so um this is a story about a couple that is a married couple that is experiencing some strife um and they're having communication breakdowns they're not really mm. doing it <laughs> And things are just real hard, and they're, like, resenting each other. And uh, fate intervenes, and it leads them to do, again, this is a kind of, like, 
groundhoggy day kind of situation mm-hmm. where you can go back to a moment that is pivotal to their relationship and make different decisions and see like yeah. where life takes you based on that and there's like a couple of iterations but then you know the first time you're just like what is happening (laughs) just like you don't know what's happening and things just sort of like go the same whatever but then you like when the characters figure out what is happening then they like consciously decide to do different things and then as a result there's different relationships that were built in that timeline and essentially this is like um it's marriage therapy <laughs> in like a mm. really sort of outrageous way um so they're mm-hmm. really trying to learn a lesson about listening to each other and you know sort of look at um their relationship or the other person from sort of like further away right so you're not mm. um maybe in the same kind of relationship we were in that timeline where you were having trouble mm-hmm. and so there is like when there's more distance there may be like more room for observation and understanding because it's not directly impacting you anymore right now it's not directed towards mm-hmm. you any kind of emotion and so you can observe mm-hmm. like what that person is doing and how they react to certain situations or how they deal with certain emotions and then you realize Mm -hmm. oh (laughs) that's what Mm -hmm. they were doing i did not notice Mm -hmm. before that is on me (laughs) like what Mm -hmm. and what's great about this show is they both have to go through some things so at first it felt like it was um focusing more on uh jisung's character who is the husband Mm -hmm. in this situation, um, because he's the one that first gets to do the groundhoggy day. Um, But then Han Jimin eventually also gets to have her own moment of trying to fix things. And sort of their combined efforts really brings them together in trying Mm -hmm. to like work on like what went wrong you know what went wrong mm-hmm. how can we move on from here because we are no longer like mm-hmm. where we were so how can we in this new circumstances become like the people we want to be or the couple we want to be or whatever mm-hmm. so i mm-hmm. i find that's like really compelling i thought the mechanism was really interesting um i mm-hmm. love that you know you had to try a few times <laughs> you had to mm-hmm. go through some things um mm-hmm. and i i still stand that i don't love this show but i do very much like it um i think ultimately the like last part of it i would rather they like did something else in terms of fixing their relationship um mm-hmm. but that's okay <laughs> it's okay what they did was good too it's just what not i would not what i would not prefer that's all Mm. um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's i don't know the like roller coaster of emotions people had to go through in this show also was like Mm. so good um 
Yeah. And also starring Kang Hana and Jang Sung Jo, who did like really exceptional jobs in terms of the mm-hmm. kind of characters they need to be. And Jang, Jang Sung Jo had to be like two totally different kinds of characters mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. here. And I thought that was really, really good. And he did a great job with that. And, um, you know, Kang Hana is kind of like your, you know, privileged, uh, rich princess kind of person. But, like, that is how she's brought up. And, you know, right? not knowing a different way to, like, deal with things other than money is, like, sort of on track, you know? Like, yeah, right. That's that's who she is. And, like, it's, it's interesting to see her. Um, she managed to not be, like, exactly annoying. Like, you... Of course, mm-hmm. you're annoyed because she's, like, not compassionate. You feel like she's not compassionate to people, which is not totally yeah. true. Like, she just handles things differently <laughs> in her right. world. And she's a product of her environment, yeah. like you said. And she doesn't I mean, she really... She doesn't... She just... Yeah. She doesn't really encounter a lot of, like, unpleasantness <laughs> in life right. because of right. that. Yeah. And so she's not really equipped to, like, be super empathetic Right. To, people's plights <laughs> right right so, but i thought she like did such a great job in like portraying that in like sort of a realistic way and like look yes i am this way but i'm also like this way as well you know when you like take right. me out of that environment i can still you know be different as well um mm-hmm. you know so she had to like learn some things you know and yeah. actually uh like kudos to her she like knew where her limits are like she's like this is what i want mm-hmm. this is what i expected but i did not get that and things have changed here so i'm just gonna you know let it go <laughs> right because it's not right. no longer yeah. what i wanted and i'm like that is like something right. to know exactly what you want right um that mm-hmm. is also mm-hmm. like a strength so right well and it demonstrates i think maturity in that character mm-hmm. that you don't usually see in that kind of character Mm -hmm. right i mean usually they've been so pampered and coddled that they're just completely bratty and spoiled and just expect everyone to you know Mm -hmm. do their whims which i mean and she's like that Mm -hmm. to some extent Mm -hmm. but she's also a grown person you know and has like like you said, to some extent, realistic expectations of like what is possible and what is mm-hmm. not possible, or she gets to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really love her in this. Yeah, in this show. I mean, great. I'm on record as loving mm-hmm. this show. I mean, for Jong Sung Jo and Kang Hana, but also when I was reviewing some of it this past week, I realized one of the reasons why I love this show so much is. All of the supporting characters mm-hmm. are just so lovely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is really a show. I mean, there are some, you know, minor characters who are like real bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like the characters that you see over the course of the whole drama, like this is the kind of show where like everyone is trying their best right. to be a good person mm-hmm. And it has such a warm heart, Mm -hmm. this show. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really love that about it. And, like, just 
rewatching some of it, like every single character who comes on the screen, I'm like, oh, I love this character. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're just all so, and I enjoy so much getting to see the different sort of sliding doors mm -hmm. of yeah. all the different characters, right. you know, through the different timelines mm -hmm. um, and the sort of the the things that are the similar and different depending on like little tweaks that have been made that really have nothing to do with these characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know always exactly what the tweaks are, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, just things that are like the the big picture is largely still the same, but like the the roots are slightly different mm -hmm. depending on the timelines. And I just really. I really enjoy that about it a lot. Mm -hmm. And I just love all those. I love all those second characters. And I love the main characters so much. I just think that Jisung and Hanjimin are do such a great job in this yeah. show. Yeah. Love them. Agreed. So, yes, we recommend Familiar Wife for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't even mention Lee Jung-un plays <laughs> yes, her mother yes. in Familiar Wife, and she has a great arc. Mm -hmm. uh, and Lee Jung-un also plays her mother in this next <laughs> show that we're going to talk about. <laughs> I was saying to Susie earlier this week that I hadn't really realized until we were like putting all this together that Lee Jung-un has almost the same relationship with Han Ji-min as Kim Mi-kyung has <laughs> with Park Min-young in like being her mother figure or they're they're together in a lot of mm -hmm. dramas. She's not always her mother mm -hmm. figure, but they're together, I think, in four of the nine dramas that we're talking about today. <laughs> um so the next one we're going to talk about is I'm going to call it Radiant from 2019, also known as The Light in Your Eyes, which I've said before, I find a little bit confusing because it's a lot like The Smile Has Left Your Eyes. So I just call <laughs> it Radiant to make it easier. That's what they call it on Vicky. And her character is Kim Hyeja. Um which she's always complaining about the fact that her name is so old fashioned. I'll come back <laughs> to that in a second. Uh, but she is 25 years old at the start of the drama and she is an aspiring news announcer. At least that's what she says. She wants to be a news announcer. <laughs> she comes from a working class family. Dad, her dad drives a cab and her mom runs a hair salon and she's, you know, not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. She's kind of naive <laughs> and, you know, a little bit gullible about things. Um, but she's very practical. You know, she has a lot of practical knowledge. She's good at drinking. Uh, she reminds me, I realized uh, when when I was writing the notes for this, that she re sort of reminds me of Duck Sun from Reply mm -hmm. 1988 and the way that she's like not book smart, but mm -hmm. she's very practical and, you know, has real skills, mm -hmm. just not necessarily the skills that, like, the world celebrates generally. Um, you know, I mean, one of the reasons why I said, you know, she says she wants to be a news announcer. That whole thing comes about because there's, like, a boy that she has a crush on who wants to be a reporter. And so she decides 
right then and there that she's going to be a news announcer because he wants to be on the news. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's no deeper than that. And she has like no interest in current events or the news. Like she doesn't watch the news. So <laughs> it's it's quite questionable as to like how really serious are you about this goal and how much is it just really like you made this decision when you were a child for dubious reasons and now you feel like you've you know, gone all in on this, mm-hmm. on this decision. Um, so when she was a child, like a young child, she found this watch on the beach that is a magical watch mm. that allows her to turn back time. And there's a whole sequence of showing her using it at various points in her childhood, especially when like her brother is tormenting her. Her brother is kind of terrible. Oh. He's, I mean, I found the whole brother thing to be sort of annoying because he's, you know, real lazy and just like has a YouTube channel and does real, like real dumb things, like sells his blood to buy pork belly which he then tries to grill in his room that he has duct taped all the like all around the door in his room because he doesn't want to share the pork belly like it's real broad <laughs> all the all the stuff around her brother anyway at the in the flashback from her childhood he's like spitting watermelon pits at her and she keeps turning the watch back until she can like deflect the watermelon pits like wonder woman with her bracelets (laughs) so she has to keep turning it back over and over again until she can like perfectly deflect all the watermelon seeds um and then she'll like fail a test or whatever and so she'll just go back and like redo it until she can pass the test but then what happens is you know she's still aging at the same rate but everyone else is moving back in time so what happens over time is she's done this so much that like she's growing way ahead of her age colleagues so she's like a foot taller than the boys in her class kind of thing. So she decides to uh, like put the watch aside until the kids in her class more even up with her in in height. (laughs) But it also sort of explains how Hanji Min was 36 at the time this drama was made where she plays a 25 year old. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, I mean, and I think Hanji Min still looks amazingly young Mm -hmm. She's 40 now. Um, But, uh, you know, I felt a little like, you know, they always make reference to the fact that she's a lot older than, or she looks a lot older than she actually is. And the explanation for that is this magical watch. So, so the main premise of the story is that something real terrible happens. And to stop it from happening she you know she hasn't used the watch in a long time but she takes the watch you know out of retirement to prevent this terrible thing from happening and she has to do it over and over and over and over again to be able to like do what she needs to do to stop it from happening And then the next morning after she's finally able after I mean what seems like, at least hundreds, if not thousands of times of having to reiterate this scenario. 
Um, she wakes up the next morning as a 70-something-year-old woman. Mm. And uh, everyone is real surprised. <laughs> and the actress who plays her 70-something self, her... She is Kim Hyeja. Like, that is that actress's actual name, the name of the character. So it's sort of funny <laughs> that she's complaining about how it's an old-fashioned name at the beginning because, like, it actually belongs to someone who could be her grandmother in real life. <laughs> so, um, so a lot of this show is actually Kim Hyeja in the role like once she once she transforms, you know, she spends a lot of time trying to figure out how to get back to being her 25 year old self and everything. But like she's stuck as 70 something year old Kim Yeja for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so a lot of the the series is the older actress playing the part. Um, and she's actually, I would say, the, you know, the true star of the piece I mean, based on screen screen time, because um, she's in it a lot. I mean, Hanji Min is still in it a lot, and she's in voiceover a lot during those episodes uh -huh. that she doesn't appear. Um, but you know, it's if you if you're going in expecting to see her in every episode, you're going to be a little disappointed because she's not. Uh -huh. she, you don't see her face all the uh -huh. time. Uh, you do always see Nam Joo Hyuk. Uh -huh who is the male lead. He is also, he's a, an aspiring reporter. Mm -hmm. That's how they first meet each other. But he also lives in the same neighborhood with his hominy, Kim Young-Oak. <laughs> She's a lot less salty this time <laughs> than she is in King the Land. So the the whole like time travel-y mechanism thing, there are things that as I was watching it, I was like, but this doesn't make sense. Like, I, I don't really get, like, you know, I don't get the mechanism of it. And then my advice to you is just stick it out because it will be explained later. Oh, like, the okay. things that seem wholly early on and even later than early on, like, there, there are things throughout that are kind of like, what? There will be an explanation later mm -hmm. on. So I I would advise you just like roll with it. Just let it go because it'll make sense later on. And I ultimately really, really enjoyed it. I mean, um, it was, like I said, it was different than I thought because I knew that about the sort of time travel aspect of it or her turning into like a 70-year-old Um but I didn't realize that she really wasn't going to be appearing, mm. appearing in a lot of the episodes. So mm -hmm. that was a surprise to me. Um, I, a lot of it, a lot of the themes end up being around aging type things. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot made of, and I actually thought it was really interesting, sort of once she has become this much older person, all of the people around her no longer know how to behave around her because... Mm you know, the age hierarchy is so important in Korean culture. And all of a sudden she's like older than her parents. <laughs> and she, you know, they like pass her off as her dad's mother. Mm -hmm. um, but 
you know, but she is their daughter. So it's like people don't know how to address each other. And there's like awkwardness around that. And her brother is still terrible. And But she calls him Opa, but he's she's so much older. So there's a lot of stuff around that sort of age hierarchy. Um, but also like it touches on themes of like how vulnerable older adults are and how predatory a lot of the world is towards older adults you know how many people are out to just try and exploit older adults and scam them and you know I mean it's so tragic and so shameful but especially in a culture where at least on the face of it the older people are supposed to be revered but you know really they're not Hmm. in a lot of ways Um, and I, I thought it was really well done the way that those, those themes are handled. So there's a lot to be potentially spoiled, which is why I'm not saying too much about what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed it and would recommend it. It's only 12 episodes and it's, it was quite different from any other K-dramas that I have seen. I mean, I always really enjoy seeing older actors in lead roles and she is very much i mean kim hyeja is very much in a lead role in this Mm. show and i am pro that Mm -hmm. um you know it's it is such a different thing to have an older face in front of the camera instead of all the young faces that we usually get to see so Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I would recommend it, whether you call it Radiant or whether you call it (laughs) The Light in Your Eyes, which, again, neither one of those titles is at all explained. There's nothing about light in your eyes at any point in this show. But (laughs) All right. I still recommend it. Okay. Well, I've been sort of wanting to see it for a while, just, again, have not... Mm -hmm gotten the chance to um mm-hmm. so many dramas not enough time mm-hmm. as always so but i mm-hmm. uh you know from what you said i'm no like even more interested like knowing that it's mm. you know more focused on kim Hija at that mm-hmm. age you know um so that i think that would be like really interesting to see because we don't get to see a lot of that you know yeah. Okay, drama. So. Well, next is a show we've already talked about, like quite recently, which is mm-hmm. One Spring Night, circa 2019. Um, we just talked about this in our Junghae in episode, famously known as mm-hmm. the episode where Susie loses speech. But. Um, <laughs> Swooned so hard, she did not know what to say. Um, yeah, and so go back to that episode and uh, hear our thoughts in general about them. Um, pro, very pro, 10 out of 10. Very Love pro. It so much. Mm-hmm. For both of us. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to go back, here's a little rundown. Fine. Go back. <laughs> go, go back. back. <laughs> so it's a show that is about two people who are currently unhappy with their circumstances. They're just like not in a good place. Um, One is Mm. in a stagnant relationship. One is struggling as a single parent. 
you know, they meet, they connect. And it's sort of like, you know, there's, um, this is very much like a slice of life where in order to be together, there's like things they have to overcome, things they have to decide, mm. things that they have to, I don't know, tackle. <laughs> mm. You know, there's just, uh, it's a journey. It's a relationship journey. And it's like very, I thought also very realistic and dealing with mm-hmm. the themes that they have to deal with. So there's many components here, which is one, the stigma of being a single parent, right? There's over there in Korea, I guess it's just still a huge deal and it's not ideal for your Mm -hmm. daughter or son to be together with somebody who already has a child. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one thing they have to deal with. And then, so that's like including familial um, blessings, you know, have mm. your parents be on board with you wanting to be together, you know. But, like, even mm-hmm. earlier than that, you know, getting out of a relationship that's a long term. It's been, you know, she's been in this relationship for six years. That is, like, basically going nowhere right now. And, mm-hmm. but, like, there is familiarity. And, like, it's scary to, like, get out of something that you are, have been in for such a long time. And you don't know, right? Like, what's going right. to happen when you get right. out of it? You know, there's no guarantee that you're going to yeah. be happy with this other person or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but also, like, maybe it's just a catalyst to get out of a bad situation. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. That would be enough. You know, you don't even necessarily have to, like, be together forever with whoever you thought you were going to be with. But just, like, yeah. propelling you <laughs> to act, you know, instead of just be complacent in one place is also mm-hmm. um, a good thing. I love Han Jimin in this role. <laughs> I just thought yeah. she... Yeah. I think her character is somebody who is actually, like, quite spunky, quite playful. She's, mm-hmm. you know... She's a... Is she specifically a child's librarian or she's just a librarian? It's... They don't ever mm-hmm. specify she's that. maybe yeah, I'm not, just a librarian. Not specific. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they necessarily have children's librarian specialists mm-hmm. in that library that they're all sort of generalists yeah. okay that was my take right. uh so she's a librarian i mean she but like when you see her with her then boyfriend she's like very subdued she's very like mm-hmm. Meh, you know this is okay and it's a little relief when she can like actually be apart from him and spend some time with her girlfriends there is like that sense of it um so Mm -hmm. it was like you know like kind of sad to see them uh, or her be you know a different kind of person when with somebody that you're that's supposed to make you happy right but then like when encountering other people like her other personality does come out and you're like oh actually (laughs) you're quite Mm -hmm. bubbly and you know very nice and all this stuff so um i just thought her struggles in trying to figure out what to do was very is very realistic <laughs> it's like it's so yeah yep. it's so hard when there's something that you know presumably isn't is like frowned upon right like maybe you shouldn't do mm-hmm. this and you're like struggling against it but you know you like want to that all like mm-hmm. came out like super crystal clear like that's such like she did mm-hmm. such a good job portraying that struggle um 
But yeah. I also loved how once she did make a decision, she like never wavered. She was 100% yeah. in. She's like, this is what I decided. I will take responsibility, but it is also what I want. And so please, mm-hmm. people, be on board with me. Mm. And I know it's tough. And I will like get on my knees to like say sorry that I like went about it maybe in not the best way. But I want it. Please mm-hmm. let me have it. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I just and I love her relationship with her sisters Oh yeah. my gosh, there's three ladies, like such different people, but they all have each other's back. And, you know, her as the middle child also just being very protective on both her mm-hmm. little sister mm-hmm. and her big sister. You know, she's you know, she's such a, um, I don't know, champion that way. I just love how she like really yeah. takes the reins to be like, hey. <laughs> They're really fiercely loyal to mm-hmm. one another, all three of those sisters. It's really lovely. Yeah. Um, her mom here is uh, better. <laughs> uh, as as some might remember, her mom from uh, Something in the Rain, which is the, you know, sister cousin of this show. Um, the most, one of the most terrible mothers in all K-drama dumps in that mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. But in this show... Mm-hmm. Top three. Yeah, yeah. And this show realistically portrays, like, I am struggling because it, for me, like, I don't want my child to go through this struggle of societal mm-hmm. bias and also, like, whatever hardships right. might come by because of this situation. However, right. I love my child and I want her to be happy and this seems to be the thing that makes her happy. So eventually, perhaps we can, you know, come to something like it's not an immediate like, of course, you know, but she is also, you know, of course, struggling with it because she's the parent. But it's not also like, no way, never, not going to do it. Mm. You're you're grounded, lock Mm -hmm. you up in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm grounding my 30 year old professional daughter. So, yeah, it's just full of interesting things. There's a lot of, like, arcs that are really, really, really interesting. You know, I think everyone mm-hmm. gets a little bit of something um, of their characters. Yeah. And it's it's so, I just thought they did, like, such an excellent job portraying how somebody can go from one end to the other of a, like, personality um, mm-hmm. because of... Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. this and that and i don't know it's just full of like little tidbits like that so it's like a very like fully realized show it's not it is focused on their relationship but like i really enjoy all the side stuff as well Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. i agree yep top whatever this is such a good show (laughs) please go see it Please watch yeah. it. Yeah, please, please watch it. What the cutest it noodle? It's just one of the best. Oh cutest my god. Unwu in this show. <sighs> just. Oh, my heart forever. Uh, love, Unwu. love him. I yeah. love you. Absolutely a favorite, favorite mm-hmm. show. Well, we're going to skip a little bit, skip a few more years. Just in 2022, last year. Hanji Min appeared as Cha Yihu in Yonder, which is another one of these real short series with 
real short episodes, very few short episodes, um, felt very cinematic. It's shot in a very cinematic way. And it almost felt like this could be a movie. Mm. Um, but it isn't. They did it in six, about 35 minute episodes. Mm. And it takes place in the not too distant future. It takes place in 2032. Um, but, you know, of course, as we like to do, we humans, we've made some technological advances uh, for reasons that are not ever made clear to the audience. Everyone's phones are clear now. Like you can see <laughs> through the phone, which I was like, why is this something we would want? I don't know. I mean, also, I was like, nobody in 2032 has a real old phone because my phone is like eight years old and they're going to pry it out of my dead hands. So, <laughs> you know, I find it unrealistic that uh, everyone has these new clear phones. But in any case, this is a sci-fi show, even though it doesn't take place in the distant future. Um, it is indicated that recently a law has been passed around euthanasia so that terminal patients have the right to, like, have government people come in and, like, set them up for euthanasia. And then it's security protected so only an immediate family member can actually activate the euthanasia apparatus. Mm -hmm. um, and in the very beginning of the show, this crew has just been to their house because Yehu is on the cusp of death of heart cancer. Mm. So she is an artist. It's unclear through what they show us whether she's a professional artist or primarily a a hobbyist, yeah. but there are all, they show her painting, they show her making art, um, and there are many paintings around in the style of her artwork that I think we're, you know, we as the audience are meant to understand our paintings that she made, mm -hmm. even though they, that's not said explicitly. Um, so the story opens, like I say, with she's just about to die. The euthanasia people were just there. And then short on the heels of their departure, who shows up but, wait for it, Lee Jung-un. <laughs> uh, and she wants to have a private conversation. She says she has an appointment with Yihu and she wants to have a private conversation with her. So her husband, who is played by Shin Ha-kyun, whom I had not met before, mm -hmm. Um, he leaves the room and they have a conversation. And then like pretty much right after that, uh, you know, Yehu says she wants to go. And so they do the thing and she leaves <laughs> as it were. Uh, and then the next thing that happens is, you know, another crew prearranged comes in to take her away and the one of the women on the crew says like she's got this thing behind her ear this like little disc yeah. and you know the the woman is asking him about it and he's like i i don't know what that is i don't know where that 
could have come like didn't you all put that there and she doesn't know what it is but she says that they had another patient yesterday who had the same mysterious little disc mm. um oh and i neglected to mention that before she leaves lee jung gives him her card essentially they have this pretty cool technology i have to say mm. where they can just like send their digital business card like you can just swipe it right over to the other person's phone Ooh. without having to deal with little pieces of cardboard mm -hmm. <laughs> so she makes make sure that he has her card because he's gonna need it later Ooh. so what eventually comes out is what has happened is Yihu has contracted with this company called By and By to have her memories uploaded to, I mean, uploaded to the cloud, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then Jaehyun, her husband, can go to this facility and interact with Yihu in this digital, like, AI environment. Mm -hmm. Um, VR environment, maybe, if you will. Mm -hmm. And Yihu's understanding and kind of what by and by is selling is this is now eternal life because all of Yihu's memories have been uploaded to this AI environment. Mm -hmm. So this is Yihu in digital form. Mm -hmm. One of my disappointments with this show was... Like, it seems to me that there are some real simple ways to demonstrate that this is not Yihu. Like, <laughs> that whatever whatever they've done, like, this is not eternal life. You know, you've done a thing, but you have not kept a dying person alive. Mm -hmm. um, and nobody ever, nobody in this show ever says the things that, like, seem very obvious to me like my main thing was like okay but you could have this done like a living person could have this done you don't have to be dying to have your you know to have your memories uploaded to this thing um you have to be alive obviously for you to have memories but there's nothing in the mechanism that requires you be dying so if a living person did this if i did this right now and uploaded all my memories to this digital environment i would not that would not be me because i would still be me like to me that seems like a very obvious demonstration of the fact that this other digital creation is not the person mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's Anyway, nobody ever says that, which I'm like, okay. I mean, that's that's not what this show is about, so okay. I mean, he has some questions. A lot of people have questions. Over the course of the show, um, this is becoming very a very, very popular thing to have, have done. I mean, when he talks to the woman um, who was the discoverer of the disc, like, later on she's like yeah this keeps like we've gotten like eight more or whatever corpses who have this this mysterious disc um so it you know it seems like he who was an early adopter of this technology and now it's really blowing up so anyway the intent of this story seems to be like a sci-fi cautionary tale about AI and, you know, 
just because you can do something, does that mean that you should do something? Mm. And the sort of philosophical and moral questions at the center of this kind of like trying to get people to live forever and Mm. alleviate the grief of the grieving by like, you don't ever have to grieve because this person is still around. Mm. Um, And I think that it does those things in a way that is fine. I mean, I kind of wish it had engaged with some of those questions more directly, like definitely in the way that it does it, it raises those questions, but it doesn't engage so much with those questions. Um, I mean, for a show that's only like in total three and a half hours long, it was real slow. Like I kept checking how far into the episode, like how much of the episode had transpired, which I was like, that's not great. That doesn't show that I'm loving this show. I mean, she dies at the very beginning. So most of what ye most of ye who that we see is all in flashback. It's all in her husband's memories Aww. of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, most of the things that he's remembering are happy memories. Mm-hmm. So, like, the the yee that we get to see, um, I mean, reminded me of a lot of other, of Hanji Min's characters that we've talked about today. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, you know, very easygoing. She's warm-hearted. She, you know, loves animals and children and things like that. And she seems very accepting of her mortality like when she finds out that she's dying she seems very accepting of it but then also she made this decision to like try and live forever so I was left feeling like I was interested to know more of the real Yihu because I felt like we didn't really get to see who this character was and it's such a short series and it's not really about that mm-hmm. um you know I thought I thought it was fine for what it is but also like Maybe if you're a real young person, you've never seen anything that, like, deals with these themes, and this would be really interesting to you. Mm -hmm. I'm old. I've seen a lot of things (laughs) that, like, wrestle with these same questions. And it's, you know, and it's not that they're not worth wrestling with, but, like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like, you know, and like I said, right away, I was like... Well, this isn't really her. Like, what everyone is bought into, this premise of, like, is this really her, is, cl- like, easily demonstrably false. <laughs> like, it's clearly not her. So, you know, um, it was beautiful to look at. It was beautifully shot. Like, they obviously spent a lot of money on it. It was on Paramount Plus. So mm-hmm. if you have Paramount Plus, like, there's really not very much of interest for me on Paramount Plus. I got the free trial just to watch this show. Mm-hmm. And there was like literally not one other thing that I could find that I wanted to watch <laughs> during my free trial. So you can take that for, for what it is. I mean, it was beautiful and well done for what it was. I just didn't necessarily think that what it was was worth watching yeah. that much. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Okay. Uh, at least it wasn't like a lot of time spent on it which is something no exactly exactly oh and it was so much easier to watch than connect i would watch yonder every day of my life before i would ever rewatch connect so 
Yeah, I mean, not not hard to pass that bar. <laughs> right, right. No eyeballs, no eyeballs in yonder. There's no no eyeball stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she was busy in 2022. Mm -hmm. So, um, our last show we're going to talk about is Our Blues can be found Mm. on Netflix. I believe it's a Netflix original. Mm -hmm. And this is, uh, overall, it's a story that's like an interweaving snapshots of um, lives of various groups of people on Jeju Island. So they're all mm-hmm. like from or living now in this little town and you get to like sort of focus on different relationships in the various episodes but at the same time they also like weave these people's relationships together with other groups. So how they relate mm-hmm. to each other you like slowly sort of learn through all the different episodes yeah but it is not like traditionally how you know you have like just two leads and then everyone else is in the Mm. periphery everyone are leads here (laughs) it's Mm -hmm, we can mm -hmm. arguably there's a lot of leads in this show and they like 12 like 12 leads leads. yeah Yeah. so hanji min is lee yung ok who is, um, she's a little bit of an outsider here because she is not Mm. originally from this town or from Jeju Island. So she um, has settled there for some time and she is, she, we see her working like at least three different jobs. Um, And one of it is as a henyo, which is a woman diver that um, is a profession that is unique to Jeju. Um, and so this is something that has gone on since apparently the 17th century. Like the women go and collect seafood to like make ends meet for the family while the men are like off to war or conscripted in the army or, Mm. you know, or they have died as fishermen. Basically, there's like, Mm, this is mm -hmm. how they can like continue on living. Um, so in this group, we see her having trouble fitting in because she is, well, rightfully so. <laughs> she is not listening to the people, like how the Hanyos work as a group and, you know, the mm-hmm. things you have to do to like keep each other safe. Um, yeah. She, you know, time and time again, sort of disregards and it makes, you know, people real annoyed at her. Um, but mm-hmm. like the unveiling of her story, I thought was really, really good. You know, we see mm-hmm. her as one thing. And then, of course, gradually you see that she is not just that one thing. She's not even really that one thing. <laughs> it's, mm. yeah. you know, it's right. all, you know, interconnected. And so there's also like lots of rumors in town about like why she is there and like, does she have a husband on the mainland or a child mm. and she just like left them mm-hmm. to come over here you know all these things and they're like based on things she has said sometimes and people mm. are just like making wild assumptions without right. like consulting her <laughs> about what she's saying right. they take like one piece of information right. one thing that she mm-hmm. said and they like extrapolate a whole story mm-hmm. based on that yeah. 
And so, um, I mean, I don't want to spoil things. Yeah. So let's just say she has some family struggles and it is Mm -hmm. a real kind of struggle, you know, and I absolutely empathize with her um, when we find out and, you know, it's, it's just like a good reminder of how like people are contain multitudes, right? And the mm-hmm, multitudes are mm-hmm. not always like positive. And that is just the makeup of like the human condition, right? right You're not right. always going to be your best self at all times. Right. Um, and you can't be your best self at all yes. times. Things happen that prevent us from always being our best mm. selves and that's okay you know accepting that is part of growing up i think the fact that like you can't always be your best self mm-hmm. so and then she has a little romance happening with park jung jun mm-hmm. who is played by kim woo bin who is the captain of the ship that takes her group of hanyus to work and I thought that relationship progressed really interestingly as well. Mm-hmm. And it is like also a testament to like, how much do you trust somebody, right? Like how much do mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. somebody and how much does that matter? Like what matters more mm. to you, what other people are saying or what they are saying? Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was also just a lovely, lovely relationship they had. Yeah, um, I think I might like her storyline the best out of all of them, but it's like yeah. so hard to say because all of them are really compelling and mm-hmm. really like there's sweetness, there's sadness, there's aggravation, there's anger, there's like mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. the gamut. It's run yeah. by everyone in each of their like yeah. moments, and it's so. I don't know, it's just lovely to see humans be human and just Mm. seeing people live, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. not fancy, you know, it's just like people in this tiny town and their struggles and their happiness and their loves and I don't know, it's just really, it's a lovely show. It's, it's so, so good. And everyone is just acting their butts off. <laughs> There's just so yeah. much good good acting. And Han Jimin in particular, I felt she had a lot of like things that have to pass through her face. Right? That mm-hmm. moments mm-hmm. and she has to like decide how much how much should she say? How much should she apologize? How much should she like reveal or emote even? sometimes Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. like i don't know she just really shows you every little thing in her face (laughs) about like what how she's struggling like not to just like say the thing she wants to say because it's rude (laughs) and she -hmm. should not like do that right now or like when she wants to just like maybe scream because she is so like fed up with something but she can't because she's not yeah. like at a place where she can do that. <laughs> you yeah. know, stuff like that. She's just, uh, she is so, so good in this show. I mean, everyone is good, but I thought she, her particularly have to like really, really show things without saying things a lot of times. 
Yeah, she had a lot of walls up Mm -hmm. at the beginning of this. I mean, even from herself, I would argue. You know, she's got a lot of herself walled off. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just loved her and Kimu Bin's romance Mm -hmm. so much and the way that it unfolded, like you said. You know, I mean, I just... He was maybe my favorite character in the whole piece Mm -hmm. even though Mm -hmm. you know all of i mean all of the characters in this piece contain multitudes that's part of what is so astonishing about this show i think Mm -hmm. is that all of the characters are so layered Mm -hmm. but um you know just the way he sort of accepts her with her walls Mm -hmm. you know as i thought was just so beautiful and you know he's so grown up and i love a Mm grown-up in a show you know i i do Mm -hmm. so Oh, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, for sure. Go see it. Go watch it, especially if you enjoy A Slice of Life. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is there is no better slice of life, in my opinion, than mm-hmm. our blues. Well, Susie, <sighs> out of all the things we've talked about, and there are many... <laughs> What are your favorite Hanjimin scenes? Well, that was hard. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, really hard. I was mm-hmm. like, every time she's on in Our Blues, <laughs> mm-hmm. like every scene. Every time she's on in One Spring Night, like, like th- their whole series mm-hmm. that I was like, every moment of this show, yeah. she's the best? Yeah, yeah. Question mark? I mean, I think you also have this one, but the art gallery in our blues i mean mm-hmm. please like if anybody doesn't choose this as her best like i don't know i don't know you like how can you not um yeah i just you know we cannot explain because it will be like spoiling but it is such whoo such a powerful scene yeah so good yeah um i also chose in one spring night that scene where he comes to his apartment and they're at the door it's like a fight a plead uh something mm. you know they're mm-hmm. they're in crossroads they're like they're there mm-hmm. at a point of like make you gotta make a decision kind of thing because right. we are both right tortured right now <laughs> yeah and it's just like you could just feel just feel like the draw between the two mm-hmm. and just like how they cannot and would not but like will be like just close enough that we are like together and this is like oh my god i just that scene gets me like every time just woof 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 yeah 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 what about you Lynn? so great uh i i mean like you said this was I've had a hard time choosing favorite scenes before, but I have never had as hard a time as for this episode, just because I think she is so excellent at what she does. Mm -hmm. And she has really been in a number of truly excellent shows, in my opinion, like, you know, some of my most favorite Mm K-dramas she is in. And like you said, 
I mean, every every time she's on screen in Our Blues could be a favorite scene. Every time she's on screen on One Spring Night could be a favorite scene. Uh, you know, she has so many great scenes throughout High Jekyll Me. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really great in in Radiant, even though she's like the third lead in it. But anyway, I had a real hard time. So I did also choose the art gallery of Our Blues. Mm-hmm. And uh, I... I mean, I copped out a little bit because I chose two scenes that I've mentioned as favorite scenes in the episodes that we did with the leading men who are also in <laughs> these scenes. <laughs> so there's a uh, a phone call in one spring night when she's on the phone with Unwu. Mm-hmm. I already talked about it in the Jung Hae-in episode. I just love that scene. It's my favorite scene in one spring night. I just love it so much. Um I love that scene, and I already talked about the last scene in episode 19 of High Jekyll Me, um, which I talked about in our Hyun Bin episode. I really love that whole sequence, the whole culmination of that episode 19 mm-hmm. is so good. I I wanted to mention a scene in Familiar Wife because I love it so much, but she's barely in it. I mean, she's in the scene, but she's not doing very much. There is a team dinner mm-hmm. in episode 16 of Familiar Wife that just typifies to me what I love so much about this show and the warm heart of this show. Because mm-hmm. it's all of the colleagues at the bank all together at a team dinner. They're saying farewell to one of their colleagues who's moving to a different branch. She got a promotion. And just like the warmth and familiarity of this team of like mostly minor characters, mm-hmm. you know, the, the main characters that are in this scene aren't the main focus of the scene. It's mostly the secondary characters. And I just love them so much. So I wanted to mention it because she's in the scene mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorites, but it's not really like an acting tour de force for her or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but probably my most favorite scene in Familiar Wife, also in episode 16, I'll just say there's a daycare relay <laughs> where uh, they have to hand off their two kids from one parent to the other parent. And it's a whole sequence and it's really fun, but also really shows how far they've come from where they were at the beginning of the series. So um, I really, really love that daycare relay. It's so fun to watch. And uh, I enjoyed it even more rewatching it this time because I already knew how it was going to come out. So I didn't have stress <laughs> about it. So, yeah, I mean, like I say, I could I could talk for two hours just about my favorite scenes that she's been in. But I'll limit myself to those few. She's I just love her so much. She's so good at her job. <laughs> It is now time. Susie's rubbing her hands together. <laughs> it's now time to ask Lynn anything. Okay. Okay, Lynn. So, what I noticed in our all the shows in that Hanjimin has been in that we've seen, there's a little bit of a theme mm-hmm. going on in terms of going back in time. Mm-hmm. There's like at least a couple of Groundhog Days things happening. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. If you could choose your Groundhog Day. Oh, wow. What day would that be? Like, what happened that day? That you would want to go back to Oh, my goodness. Is there a thing you need to fix? Or... Right. You just want to relive it for funsies. (laughs) That is interesting. Yeah, because the Groundhog Days in these shows are all, like, things that need to be corrected. Mm -hmm. Um... That's so interesting. (laughs) I mean, I, as far as like wanting to go back and correcting anything, you know, there are things that come up that I'm like, yeah, I wish that hadn't happened. But then once you do that, everything else is disrupted. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, as you find out in um, Familiar Mm -hmm. Wife, if you didn't know it from every other time travel story, Uh like the butterfly effect, a little mm-hmm. thing that happens, you know, affects the whole future. So I wouldn't want to mess with the past because mm-hmm. it would, who knows where I would be right now. I might not be making this podcast to talk about traveling back to oh, the past. No. So, <laughs> um, you know what I will say? I mean, there are a lot, a lot that I could say, but um, in... 20 oh gosh in 2008 man as old as some of these old dramas in 2008 uh i released my first cd as a children's recording artist and we had a uh we threw a big cd release party (laughs) for when it was coming out and a bunch of my friends all came together and all pitched in to throw this event. We rented a venue and um, had merch and had like little games that the kids could come and play inspired by the different songs that were on the on the CD. I mean, like carnival type games. Yeah. Um And, you know, there were refreshments, there were donuts, of course. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, and this was a brand new thing that I had never done before. I mean, my identity up until then had been working in in other fields as a children's librarian and as a Christian ed specialist. And so it was real nerve wracking to be like, going out on this journey of like this brand new Mm -hmm. thing and you don't know how it's going to go and how it's going to be received, Mm -hmm. right? These songs that I wrote out of my imagination Mm -hmm. and recorded, like how it's going to be received. And so many people came to the show. I mean, that's also always a stressor if you're hosting an event like that if you're having a show like will an audience come to the show (laughs) you don't necessarily have control over that um but a lot of people came and had a great time and just my community of friends who made it happen really I mean there's no way that I could have done it without all the people supporting Mm -hmm. me I just felt so supported and loved on that day and uh yeah that i i would go back and relive that day if i could that's excellent (laughs) (laughs) 
And I would tell that young, naive children's musician, like, just wait <laughs> until you see how terrible people Aww. can be sometimes. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell her that. <laughs> I wouldn't tell her. <laughs> leave, leave her as naive as she was. Well, thanks for asking that question, oh. Suze. I haven't thought about that in a long oh, time. You're welcome. <laughs> Many years. It will be the 15th anniversary of that CD oh, this wow. year. Mm-hmm. Mm. CDs aren't even a thing. <laughs> well, here we are at the end of another episode of Ani's on Opa's. Dear listeners, have you seen these Hanjimin shows? Have you seen other Hanjimin shows? As we said at the very front, she is prolific. Mm-hmm. She has been in a lot of shows that we didn't talk about. We didn't get to either one of us watch Rooftop Prince, but I think we're both interested in watching Rooftop mm-hmm. Prince. They're just, you know, are only so many hours in the day, and we already talked about nine shows. <laughs> <laughs> If you have some other Hanji Min suggestions to make, some movies of hers that you've seen, we would love to know because we love her. So please come find us and tell us. Where can they find us, Suze? You can find us on Instagram at Onis on Opus Pod. Yeah, hit us up over there and let us know what you think. Do you love her? Do you not love her? I don't know you. Mm. Um... <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about these shows? What do you think about we think about these shows? Chat us up. We love we love to chat. I am interested. We didn't talk about this at all. Uh, but I think that across the the different series that we talked about, you know, she has some real prominent leading men that she's working with. And she has some real good chemistry with a lot of you know she might not be parkman young the chemistry queen but <laughs> she's she's got some real good chemistry with these mm-hmm. men so who do you think does she have the best chemistry with it's not an unanswerable mm. question <laughs> but if you have an opinion come tell us because even though we talked about our lovely hanji men in this episode you know that we are always interested in talking about the handsome opas <laughs> because as kim sun young said in reply 1988 if they're handsome aren't they all called opa yes. yes yes they are that's what we call them opa no matter if they're older or younger than us and let's be honest they're all younger <laughs> than me pretty much <laughs> We call them Opa, and we're going to talk about some more next time, so come back then. Annyeong!